You've selected a show from the Podcast Jukebox, a DIY podcast network. Welcome to Disability After Dark, the podcast feed shining a bright light on all things disability. With your host, Andrew Gerza. Hey there, Disability After Dark listeners, Andrew here. You heard me say a couple of weeks ago that I was going to put some new stuff on the Disability After Dark feed, some new shows, new content, all that stuff, and that's what I've done, and I'm so excited to tell you all about some new content that I'm putting out for you right now. Let me tell you all about it. One of the shows that I've been working on for the new kind of content that I want to share with you is a show with my sister and co-founder of my sex toy brand, Heather, and I want to tell you all about why that should be a podcast. People have been so curious about the sex toy brand that I'm building. They want to know so much about it. They have all these questions and all these these curiosities, and they want to know how we're going to do it, and they want to know what we're doing, and they want to know what it is, and they've never heard of it before, and they're curious, and so we thought, why not come at them with this discussion of self-pleasure and masturbation and sex toys in a podcast format, and so we thought, why not use the wonderful platform that I built with Disability After Dark to host a show like this, and to have a show like this, and what I love about this kind of show, and this, the difference between this and like a regular Thursday podcast of Disability After Dark is that this is a conversation with my sister every week and she's a non-disabled person and I'm disabled and it's really it's an introduction to us as a team and it brings us together as a team to talk about disability and sexuality in a whole new way and so I'm so excited to share this with you and so what you're listening to right now is the first episode of Handicast. We're going to release it Every Monday, we're going to call it Masturbation Monday, and every Monday you get a glimpse into how our experience with the sex toy is going. Um, we get, we're going to talk to people about their experiences with sex toys and masturbation and self-pleasure, and we're going to do it together. And I'm really excited about this, and we're going to we're going to it's going to be a part of the Disability After Dark podcast feed, and I cannot wait to share this with you. Um, so, without further ado, here's the first episode with my co-host, Heather Morrison of Handicast. Hey everybody, so this is the <coughs> Disability After Dark podcast feed, the podcast shining a light on all things disability, and like I said to you, got you wonderful people a few weeks ago, I am putting together a bunch of new content so that you can listen to more things that I'm doing around disability and I'm expanding the show out. And one of the things I'm doing with this expansion is my sister and I, you heard us on episode 140, 
five, I think, and we talked about our sex toy project. And so many people have come up to me after that episode and was like, oh no, we want to hear more. We want to know more. We want to know more. Well, you're in luck because my sister Heather and I have decided to start a little podcast within this podcast feed called The Handicast. And we'll explain why it's called that later, but I want to reintroduce to you right now my sister, Heather Morrison. Hi, Heather. Hey, how's it going? Good. How are you today? Yeah, good. Thanks. And you're you guys are definitely in luck because now we're not going to shut up about it. So <laughs> content a go go from here on out. <laughs> so why don't you just reintroduce yourself for us and re- just say just let us know who you are and what you do and what and talk about kind of what we're doing together. Okay, cool. Um, so I am Andrew's older sister. Um, I had the unique privilege of um, forcing him to play um, games with me when we were younger, and which included dress up and donning him in multiple multicolored barrettes, um, which he at the time said that he did not enjoy. But later, when he came out of the closet, um, I think we all know he probably survived, <laughs> but he did enjoy it. Um, and so I'm his older sister, um, forced him to play many games with me when we were younger, um, and um, we, my background is um, advertising and innovation strategy. So I've worked in the advertising marketing field for the last, um, I'm going to age myself here, but over a decade, I'm helping brands of all sizes um, create um, effective advertising um, for their products and services, um, and also have sort of dabbled in the in- innovation space as well. So looking at, you know, what are some um, products or services um, that maybe there's a gap in the market and needs to exist and helping companies identify those and then to, to create them as well. Um, so that's kind of my background. Um, and I guess a couple of years ago, Andrew and I decided to join forces or um, and start working on a project together that um, is near and dear to both of our hearts. Um, and that kind of also encompasses both of our um, different skill sets. Do you want to introduce what that is? Sure, yeah. So what we're doing, if you are, are new to what we're doing and you haven't heard that episode, um, we, we'll talk about it now. So we are trying to create the first line of sex tech for and by disabled people because the big problem that many people with disabilities have, particularly those with hand disabilities, is there's a lack of of ability to masturbate. And my lived experience of that was I, as I got older, I the muscles in my hands got tighter and tighter and it was harder and harder for me to self-pleasure. And so one day Heather and I were sitting on a beach in Australia talking about things we could do together. And this Heather actually brought up the idea to me. The masturbation came up. (laughs) (laughs) Such a weird, yeah. Somehow it came up. Well, no, you had asked me pretty directly. You said like, what? Perfect brother, sister (laughs) project. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And that's something that when I, when I tell people, when I tell people that I'm working with my, my sister on a sex toy, people's eyes go, uh, oh, <laughs> uh, oh, all right, great. And they're, they're very wary for a second. But it was actually, we started talking just about technology and Heather asked me what, what kind of thing I could, could use to make my, my disabled day better. 
And at first I said something like, oh, I think I could use a grabber or something to grab stuff. And so that's where I was kind of, I kind of landed there. And then you said to me, well, what if we, you work in sex, what if we just design a sex toy? And, you know, it wasn't. Yeah, I mean, I think I was quite naive about it. I'm sorry to cut you off. I think I was quite naive about it um, just in terms of my understanding. So I think when I, when I realized that you weren't able to masturbate on your own, I think I was pretty naive in asking, like, why can't you just use the toys on the market? And you were like, look at my hands. The same reason that I can't, you know, self pleasure um, on my own because none of the toys have been created for me. And actually they all require a fairly um, sophisticated level of dexterity or hand mobility and muscle control in your hands. And if you don't have that, then you're kind of out of luck, both in terms of just being able to pleasure on your own without any um, tech, tech help um, or to be able to use the majority of the toys on the market. And I think for me, um, being an able-bodied, um, an able-handed person, I didn't realize that that was such that that had been you know that was so widespread and that was an issue um but as you started to um, explain it to me and then as we started to talk to more people um who also um didn't have complete control of their hands it started to we started to really sink in how what a big issue this was for many people and actually like you know how it goes far beyond just the ability to access your um sexuality and, and sort of express yourself in that manner but also just to um you know partake in something that's pretty central to most human beings and also tap into all the different health and wellness benefits that um, self sexual expression brings, but also that orgasms can bring as well. So I think for me, it kind of, you know, for us, it kind of started out as like a, I guess an exploration around sort of self-pleasure, but when you start to dig into what happens when you actually aren't able to access that, it goes far beyond um, pleasure and missing out on a pleasure and, and starts to tap into missing out on a core part of your um, human experience. And then beyond that, um, a core part of um, specific health, mental, physical, and, and societal health um, aspects as well. Um, so it's a really fun topic um, as you know, sex should be, but then at the same time, it actually has really deep implications um, when those things are taken away from you. Yeah, I would agree with you. It's really, it's fun and, and playful on the surface. And a lot of what, a lot of our branding is very, is, will be very fun and playful on the surface, but it really digs, it goes into deeper areas to make us talk about things like, things like access, things like independence, things like, yeah, mental health and disability, all that stuff is tied in there. And that's something I don't think when we first started this, either of us really realized how, how how deep that went and so we start until we started talking to other people and saying what do you what are you, what are your feelings on this and this, a lot of the feedback we got was really people just wanting to tell their story about how frustrated they were yeah and the outpouring of support um that we got i think was we've as we've been on this journey it's you know, not an easy journey to try and create a product from scratch people keep telling us that hardware is hard and you know i wish they would have told us that before we started this journey <laughs> it's true <laughs> um it is hard um to create a hardware startup and to create a product um but at the same time every time you know it gets hard and the thought of like you know is this worthwhile pushing on with um then that's oftentimes when the universe will deposit us an email from somebody who's come across what we're doing thanking us for the work that we're doing and sort of 
um, reminding us how much this will have an impact on the lives of so many people. And um, you know, we, when we started to dig into the numbers in terms of how many people are affected, um, it's not as niche as I think we probably thought at the beginning. It's quite widespread in, in that um, hundreds of millions of people around the world have, um, you know, deal with in, in the inability to self-pleasure because of hand limitations. And that can be because they were born with cerebral palsy, Andrew, like you. That could be because they'd suffered a stroke or arthritis later in life. That could be um, a number of different reasons. It's not necessarily um, specific to just the dis disabled community, but actually can have implications into a whole bunch of different sort of um, use cases um, where people's hands, even just as you age, start to become a little bit weaker. Um, or for people who have full use of their hands, who might just want their hands free to do other things, um, to be able to use a toy that's not so reliant on um, fine motor skills. Yeah. Um, now, one of the things that I really like what we're doing, what we're doing with this toy and some of the ways we've talked about it is we want to put sexual pleasure within REIT. Um, but we also really want it to be very collaborative and we've used the terminology in the work we're doing, talking about it, we say we want to create a sex toy that is for and by disabled people. Um, can you kind of elaborate for me what you think that means and why you think that's important? Sure. Um, so I think one of the like probably facets of like our approach, but also a lot of really good um, product designers um, and designers out there talk a lot about sort of like consumer centricity and putting the people that you're designing for the center. And I think for us, we've kind of done that um, along, the, along the whole journey. So really making sure that at every stage gate, we're talking to people um, about, you know, what their experience is or has been, what kind of solutions they've tried, what they're looking for. Um, and just really bringing people, everybody along the journey with us and being quite transparent about what we're doing and, and what we're trying to achieve and, um, you know, taking on board feedback and input from people who are sort of, who might one day look to buy these types of products and better understanding the questions that, that you guys might have and, and, um, and the needs that, that different people have so that we can build that into not only the product design, but also so that we can create a brand that stands for things that are important to um, the community um, that talks about um, to, that uncovers topics that are important to the community um, and starts to answer questions or shine a light on areas that might have been previously a little bit or quite a bit taboo. So like the design for you, um, for disabled people by by disabled people kind of tag is you know throughout this whole t journey we've always brought the community in to help understand the problem to help understand the barriers um, to self-pleasure um, and and the, the current products on the market but also in terms of like the testing of the design concepts that we have um, the testing on the brand to test how we talk to test the language to test the name and, and that's something that we want to continue to do um, because we feel very strongly or at least I do that it's important to build a community around this um, yeah. to build conversation around this um, and to very much um, you know, I think, and Andrew, maybe correct me if I'm wrong, but I kind of get the sense that a lot of times things are designed for the disabled community without the disabled community's direct input. Yes. So you'll have a dislike, you'll have like a committee that's all about like accessibility and not a single person on the committee is disabled in any way. And you're like... <laughs> <laughs> 
I realize that you, itself, it's like, you know, that the intention is right and it's great that there's committees, but it's also completely like short-sighted and a bit ridiculous in that, like, how could you possibly understand the problems without any guidance from the people who are experiencing the barriers and who actually are experiencing inex inaccessibility to be able to help guide you or give you feedback? How could you possibly design something a system or product or whatever it is that's going to work for that community when you haven't actually involved that community from the get-go or in some cases at all and then you roll out like some next mandate or product and surprise surprise like you know it doesn't really work it doesn't, doesn't work. really fit yeah. or it needs to be adjusted yeah and so i think that's the last thing we want to do and we'd rather from the very beginning bring them bring the community in ask for advice ask for input um you know design our ourselves and everything that we do to to best meet the needs of the of the community but also to be taking their direction so i think it's very like we what i don't ever want to do is to be designing something for for people who aren't involved in that process so even as we're talking here you know what and we're, we're just launching our website and, and all of our socials and like we very much want those to be um, inclusive and discussive and um, engaging but also if you know anybody ever wants to reach out with input or a story or in any way um, very happy for this to be a, a, a community build um, and sort of a group effort um, because it does take an army or, or a village to get these kinds of things off the ground but also because it feels like it's a topic that very much requires a sense of community a sense of safety a sense of openness um and a sense of play um and so that's something that we'd be looking to build as well so i think the yeah designed for for and by um i think both of those things are really important but i think the community aspect and bringing people in from the beginning and taking feedback on board um, and really understanding different people's perspectives um, is really impo important, at least yeah. in my mind. Yeah, we did it very purposely. We picked that language very purposely to ensure that it was a communal effort. It wasn't just us, like you said, rolling on a product. We were really trying to bring the community into that. And we, we hope to continue doing it with this little side project, this little podcast we're doing right now. We want We really want to have anybody out there is listening to this who wants to come and share a story about their experience with sex toys as disabled people we'd love to have you yeah or even just have questions that you want us to uncover like what i thought was interesting is that we've talked to a lot of like occupational therapists along this journey um and many of them have kind of raised their hand because they see um, a lot of their patients who need something like this and they've wanted to be involved which has been amazing um, and even they say that, you know, it's, it's tricky for them to um, know exactly um, how to, what to, what to do, what to say, um, because a lot of times, like, there's different ethical guidelines involved, and even in some cases, their patients might be asking them questions about their sexuality, and they're, for different reasons, unable to answer. Um, but if there's any questions that people have that they would love to answer, we'll also do the, the groundwork to, you know, let's go dig into them and let's find some experts who might be able to shed um, some different opinions or let's find, um, you know, if you're going through, um, you know, puberty and you've got some questions, but you don't know who to ask, like, please send them in and we'll do the legwork to find either experts or people that came before you 
um, slightly older community members who might want to shed a light and share their experiences. So I think it's about uncovering and being open about what those questions are. And you can do that anonymously, or you can put a face and a name to it, whatever you feel most comfortable with doing. Um, and then let us try and go and look for different people that might be able to open up the conversation further or start to shed some light on those questions. I think it's you know part of something we'd like to be able to do. Yeah. Exactly. Totally. One of the things you were said just that you mentioned, I was listening when you were talking, you said we want to be playful. And one of the, one of the playful things I think we've done with the brand is the name of the brand. And so we kind of, you and I were talking one day when we were trying to figure out what we, what we wanted to do and we landed on the name handy and I really liked it. I was immediately like, wow, this is, that's really cool. That's great. And we spelled it H A N D I because it, it kind of is a play on the word handicap. It's kind of a play on the on both hand function and then handicap. It's a playful way of of bringing the, those two worlds together and being cheeky about it. Um, what do you think about the name? Yeah, I think we did. We did go back and forth with a few different naming options, but I think it has like a you know, a few different like interpretations. Like as you say, kind of nods we want this brand to be really inclusive and so whilst we're designing for um the disabled community primarily we also want to make sure that um, we're not being exclusive for that community so anybody who's interested can sort of join the conversation um, and also you know enjoy the product if they work for them as well um so you know designed for the disabled community but enjoyed by everybody kind of thing um so yeah there's there's a subtle nod to handicapped um, and also sort of hopefully re um, reclaiming that terminology in a more positive, playful way. Um, but then also it's like, because we're designing what we found was the biggest barrier for self-pleasure really being around with hand limitations, um, it kind of gives us a, a, a gentle nod to handy in that way. Um, and also just being able to kind of say, you know, a, a sort of a sub tagline of like, well, you know, that's handy. Um, it's handy to have around. It's handy to do those things. <laughs> and you can have a bit of fun and playfulness with that as well. So, um, you know, there's some like subtle nuances there that could, that are, are a bit more serious, but the reality is it's in a space that's already overly clinical and, and um, a bit dry, especially when it comes to the sex and disability space. Um, we want to bring something that is informative, but also playful and fun and just what sex should be, um, shouldn't be cold and sterile. And so we want to make sure that we're creating a brand that, um, whilst it delves into some of these deeper topics, is also um, light and fun and playful and kind of encourages that sort of sense of play and exploration um, as well. Totally, and I think the play and exploration, some of the stuff that you and I are getting ready as we as we go to launch, some of the stuff we've looked at has been really fun and some of the things we can do with it. So you'll see when you follow our socials, you'll see how the stuff we're putting together is really bright and colorful and playful. And I think it really lends itself well to what we're doing. Um, so tell us a little bit. Of, so we're working with RMIT in Melbourne, who is the team that we're working with. Can you tell us a little bit more about that? Um, yeah, so RMIT is a really well-respected um, university here in Australia. Um, they're a technical university, and I guess when we once we realized that this problem was um, widespread, um, it wasn't just rooted to a few people, but actually there was a much larger problem going on. Um, whilst both of our backgrounds bring really great things to the table, neither of us are sure 
industrial designers or product designers. Um, so we um, hilariously Googled sex toy design Australia. And, <laughs> and um, you know, as one does when they don't know where to start. Um, and we found um, an amazing lady online and um, she teaches for RMIT. Her name is Dr. Judith Glover. She's an industrial designer by trade, also like a lecturer at RMIT and kind of an expert um, in sex toys and sex toy design. Andrew, I know she, um, you featured her on your podcast previously as well. Um, and so she joined the team. So she's basically created a team for us um, that's comprised of herself, but also joined by biomedical engineers, other industrial designers, as well as um, occupational therapists, um, and more recently, um, a textile um, designer and engineer as well, because that's kind of the shape, just to give you a slight hint at what, what, we're, at what our designs are starting to look like, are um, sort of taking that more sort of textile lens to them. Um, so we've got a really amazing and robust team that's set up um, at RMIT to be able to um, conduct this research for us, um, create the concepts, and now we're just moving into um, uh, advancing those initial concepts to make them more robust before we take them into prototyping and um, testing. Uh, and I think because we're in the weirdest timeline right now, I think I, I did just want kind of want to, we put a question mark when we were writing this down yesterday, but I'll ask it anyway, because I just want to, we should talk about it. How do you think that, you know, before COVID hit, we were, you know, we were getting ready to really move ahead with prototyping and testing. How do you think, that COVID might change our plans. Yeah, <laughs> definitely change the plans. Um, so yeah, originally, um, so we've got a, um, a couple of rough um, design concepts currently. Um, the original plan was um, to be able to get everyone in a room, um, advance the um, engineering and the ergonomic designs of these concepts, but also prototype them at the same time um, to be able to get them to a point where we could then start to test them with um, you know, a number of different disabled people um, to get their feedback. And then we would sort of take that feedback on board, um, amend the designs and um, and sort of had a little bit further, you might do that a couple of times until you had a final design. Because we can't actually get in, get, we can't get together. And also a lot of the prototyping labs um, and the maker labs that we might have used at RMIT and even just around the country are currently not in operation. Um, we have had to take a bit of a step back, but we're still pushing forward, just not in the same way. Um, so now the team will still do that sort of initial legwork, although they'll do it on Zoom calls in terms of um, advancing the concepts, thinking them through a little bit more, making them a little bit more robust so we really understand how all of the different mechanisms work within them. Um, and then um, if we can prototype at that stage, if, uh, if sort of things have started to open up, then happy days, we'll do that. But I think the strong suspicion here is that we probably have a little bit longer to wait, um, in which case what we'll have is some beautiful renders. So. Um, for anyone who doesn't know what renders are, and I didn't until <laughs> very recently, um, basically renders are um, kind of like a 3D um, looking image of what, what your product will actually look like. So it's not a sketch, it's actually been designed. It, it looks like something that you might see on a website that you could potentially click in to buy. Um, so we'll have um, renders that look like proper products, and then we'll be 
um, testing those with occupational therapists, their patients, and the disabled community at large. Um, just as a shameless plug, um, if you are listening to this and um, you would like to be um, included in that um, research phase, please um, reach out, let us know, um, and we'll be happy to, to sort of um, help you sign a, a non-disclosure agreement. You'll be able to get a sneak peek of what we're doing, um, but also to provide um, your feedback um, directly to us and that all of that feedback will definitely go into um, the, how, we, how we look at the final designs as well. And I know there was- So it definitely, it definitely changed our plan, but it's just kind of one of those things where I think globally everybody's plans have changed. Um, and so it's like, how can you adapt based on what you can do? What can you do? What can you move forward? Um, and how can you be smart about that um, and be creative about you know, how you can still kind of move forward when everything seems to be standing still? Yeah, and that's kind of where that's kind of the catalyst for this podcast within a podcast because we have so much time now. We can at least give you little mini updates every couple of weeks. Is what we're doing on on the podcast feed. So that's kind of where that's part of how this little these little conversations came to be. And you know, back to what you were saying about testing and being a part of a testing team. So many people have said as soon as it's ready. You know, I want to test. So for sure, people are going to be signing up. I know it. I've heard from so many people that are really interested by this and interested by the idea and are just so happy that something is being done. So I know that when, as we go further along, people will be definitely wanting to be a part. Awesome. And we'll put the um, the email that you can um, reach us at in the, in the show notes as well. So yeah, happy to happy to uh, take people on as they're interested in. And, and I know that right now, a lot of people could definitely use, definitely have a lot of time on their hands, could definitely use something along this line. Something so, to do with their hands. If, even if, yeah, exactly. Um, uh, so I just want to ask some last questions before we're done this little mini episode today. Um, why do you think it's important that you and I are doing this together? Um, I mean, I think it's a weird thing to create with your siblings. And I always say this, like, if you had told me a couple of years ago that I'd be creating a line of sex toys with my younger brother, I'd probably not. Like, it sounds very unlikely. Um, but life is funny and, and kind of the, the path that it sometimes puts you on. Um, I think it's, um, you know, it's brought us together. I think it's really fun to work with your siblings on things. Um, it gives you a different relationship, but also a different sense of appreciation for what skill sets the other one brings to the table. Um, and I think it's been really lovely to, to be able to work together on something like that. I think it's also opened my eyes up um, to a world that I didn't realize. Like I'm all of a sudden advocating for a cause that up until a couple of years ago I didn't even realize was a thing um, and I think that's been really interesting to hear your own experience Andrew but then also um, the experience of so many other people that I probably had we not had that original conversation and not been on this journey I never would have even realized was an issue and how deep the issue really ran and how much frustration people actually had around it and how little innovation there was in this space so I think for me it's given me a really interesting window into the life and I guess the private life of a lot of um, disabled people globally, but, and then certainly into the private life of you, which I think is, you know, when thinking back to some of the research we did last year where the RMIT team was like sending you um, 
was sending you sex toys in the mail. Like I wasn't getting any sex toys in the mail, just FYI. Like I didn't get any of the fun of that research. <laughs> and, you know, like with the intent of you sort of trialing them and then feeding back. And I think at first I was kind of like, just send your feedback all straight to RMIT. I don't need to see any of it. But the reality is as a co-founder, you do need to see it. And so it's what's interesting is that you kind of like divorce yourself from this is my brother and you just kind of look to see, okay, like what worked, what didn't work. And you kind of start to become really comfortable talking to all sorts of people about their like intimate sexual proclivities and like masturbation. And I think, <laughs> I think I have to sometimes remind myself that like not everyone is so um, open and comfortable talking about it as I've now become. And sometimes I'll be talking to, or like, you know, different disabled people and I'll have to stop myself and kind of remind myself that just because you're a disabled person who I can see maybe I might have difficulty with their hands doesn't necessarily mean that you want me to launch into a whole <laughs> diatribe around masturbation and that you want to talk to me about it. Like, you know, it's still a really private thing for a lot of people, whether you're disabled or not. And you just because I'm working on the solution and you happen to be the person that looks like somebody who might benefit from that doesn't mean you want to have a half an hour conversation with me over like coffee about like you know your like sexual pleasure needs so I have to constantly remind myself of that as well but I think yeah working with you on this has opened my eyes up to a lot of things around like sex and disability but even just around disability in general and has made me a little bit more aware than maybe otherwise might have been because I have I do have the privilege of being um, able-bodied but as you keep reminding me if you if we live long enough, we'll all have some form of disability. So it's nice that I'm at least, um, uh, I am helping future Heather out. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. And I think for me, you know, for me, for me, there was a lot of times when we, when, when we were younger that I would, I was like, oh, Heather, you just don't get it. You don't understand. And I couldn't talk to you because I was embarrassed. This project has kind of brought us together in a way where that embarrassment can't be there anymore because we have to not only deliver a project, a product, but we have to build a brand. So we don't, like, I don't have the time to be embarrassed. I just have to say to you, Hey, couldn't get off last night or this is, this bothered me or my hand hurts and I can't jerk off. Here's, you know, let's use that experience to build our brand. And so it's really, it's allowed me to be a lot more confident in, just talking about my sexuality because I have to, in order to make this go, I have to use my lived experience to kind of bolster that. So it's allowed me to, to be less, I think, fearful of the conversation. Yeah. Awesome. Um, okay. So what do we want people, we're going to come back in about two or three weeks with another episode. What do we want people to do in the meantime? Yeah, so we have um, a fresh new brand um, and website and all of the socials that we've set up. So um, in the meantime, um, if you want to visit our website and if you want to get in touch, all the information is on there as well. Our website is thatshandy.co. Um, Setting up for updates, um, we'll be um, we've got we've got a blog going there as well. You can sign up for updates, and we'll make sure that we sort of circle back to you um, in terms of any sort of next steps. Um, and similarly, if you want to sign up um, to be part of our um, research, you can do that there as well. Um, and if you want to follow us on any of our social channels.
ourselves. Um, you can look for us on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook at That's Handy. Um, and yeah, uh, join the conversation and sort of stay up to date as well. But we'll be updating it quite regularly um, to just sort of keep everyone along the journey. If you're listening on my on my on just my channels and you follow me at it's andrew gerza i'll make sure that all of that's on my social media too so that you can just click on my link and it'll be there as well so you can for sure know how to access that um all right so we're going to come back in about two three weeks with another episode just kind of updating you where we are and i'm really excited this was the first episode of a podcast within a podcast feed and this was episode one of that's handy thanks everybody I'm Handicast. Yay! Oh, that's right. Thank you. <laughs> that's what it is. It's Handicast. <laughs> All right. So thanks, everybody, and we'll be back soon. Perfect. All right. Well, there you have it. That's the first episode of the Handicast. Really hope you enjoyed it and really hope you you learned a little bit more about our sex toy company handy and i really hope you kind of enjoyed listening to my sister and i have these discussions don't worry there's a lot more to come we're going to release episodes like this of the handicast on mondays and if you want to follow our work you can follow us on all our socials at that's handy that's t-h-a-t-s-h-a-n-d-i on all socials Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. You can also follow our website at www.thatshandy.co. Alright friends, well that's the end of the episode of the first episode of Handicast. Thank you for listening. I was one of your co-hosts, Andrew Gerza, and Heather and I will be back next time for another episode of Handicast. Here on the Disability After Dark podcast feed. Thanks, friends. Bye. Copyright Notice Disability After Dark was presented, created, and produced by Andrew Gerza and Crippled Content Creations. Music was by Music by Space Robot Scientists. Any and all materials, including graphics, audio recordings, and music recordings, are property of the owner and cannot be used or distributed without express permission. Copyright Notice 2020